Yeah, yeah. That, that It's good to find good stuff to share, but there's no people to share it with. That's my point. But, <laughs> so, but we're looking at content first and people to look at it later. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, whereas, whereas before we were looking for people to listen to our stuff without actually having any content. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the middle ground, surely, somewhere. You know what time it is? It's time to pick a date. Yeah, that's what we like. And when we pick a date, we want to pick a real good one for you. It's pick a date time. Stu here for another episode, and of course, being joined by my very good friends Matt. Matt's there. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Stu? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, Chubbs, how are you doing there, fella? Hello. Very well, thank you, Stuart. Good to see you, mate. And sensible Ben, how are you, my friend? <laughs> Feeling very sensible this evening, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be back. They w- Should we explain the sensible Ben moniker? Uh, why? <laughs> or not? Well, I think it's probably better to be left unsaid. Is, is moniker uh, his uh, middle name? Sensible Ben moniker. That'll get that'll get vetoed by sensible Ben for sure. Isn't sensible my first name? Anyway, that's fine. Chubbs, you were saying something was happening to you earlier this evening. Yeah, you know, I had a I had a fun day today, hanging out the back of a bit of a dodgy looking van with a giraffe talking about drugs and sex, oh, and you know, oh, it was pretty good. Good day, yes. good days indeed. Happy days. Did you get a visit from Harold? Bit of, of flashback arama. Yeah, Harold's for still sure. around. Harold the Harold, no Harold the Harold's, just the giraffe. Well, I thought Harold Harold, Harold had retired. Healthy, healthy Harold. Uh, yeah, no, I think there was like explain explain it for people who aren't from here. So in Australia, we've got a wonderful program called the Life Education Van. And basically what it is, it's like a a big caravan which travels around from school to school. And inside there's a puppet giraffe called Harold, which is, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but probably the highlight of most students' education, primary education. Um, I definitely learn about. Yeah, I remember it from however many years, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And the, the, I think the, the, the regular meme is, um, I think the, the only in Australia can you be taught about sex, drugs and alcohol by a giraffe in the back of a duck van. <laughs> and everyone and thinks that's, that's pretty much. Okay. That's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much the way that it is. But um, it was good. It is always very awkward, though, trying to keep a straight face when you're in, a, in the back of a van with 20-something 11-year-olds who are all keeping a straight face while the presenter keeps using the word anus over and over again. And I'm just in connections just every time she says it. Like, Sorry, we should probably point out that Chubbs is a teacher. He doesn't, didn't just walk past while the kids were getting on the bus and joined the <laughs> You end ever heard the word anus mentioned yeah. and sort of his head in and see what was going on? Yeah. Oh, Harold. No, Harold's again. No, <laughs> oh, mate. So, yeah. Keeping a straight face while the word anus is mentioned right. is very difficult. You didn't happen to say, you know, kids, Harold taught me about anuses as well. <laughs> back in the day? From back in my day, back, back in, in the day. day. It's all about anuses. Anything else? Shall we pick a date, guys? Let's um, pick a date. Let's pick a date. Tonight's date is May 
22nd. And, God, we couldn't have picked the worst day for boring-ass person deaths. Let me tell you that. I mean, looking through the list of births and deaths here, like, uh, births, this is the best I could come up with. I like to try and pick five births. These are the best five I could come up with. 1907, Herge, who was the author of Tintin. Yeah, right on. Tintin. Herge. Herge. 1955, Ivor Davies of Ice House fame. Oh, nice. nice, of massive mullet. Wow. Fantastic oh. mullet. He was on. He was on Illawarra this afternoon. Illawarra Radio. Really? So, oh. Just hanging well, out. I, th- I don't think. What? He did he? Did he mention it was his birthday? <laughs> no. What? That's that really is strange. very strange. Does he often appear on on the on the radio, like just having a chat? Or no? Oh, I think he's doing. Um, he's doing some shows at the moment. Man, Ivor Davies. Yes, yeah, quality quality mullet. Just yeah. fantastic. One of the all-time Australian rock mullets. Oh, uh, well, these keep getting better. 1957, Gary Sweet. How about that? Oh, yes. Oh, right. Is that getting you fired up? Oh, big yeah. time. I was I hoping so. it was going to be Gary who. I thought you were going to say Gary who for a second. <laughs> yeah, but I was getting so. was coming. Uh, but I knew it wouldn't be because otherwise you would have been more amped. For oh, well, yeah, for sure. Yes. Birthday it was. Yeah. Unless you're playing it cool. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. Side note, loves double denim, Gary Who. Let's not forget. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. But never forget. Uh, 1970, Naomi Campbell. How about that? Way. Right. And 1942, Ted Kaczynski. Does that name ring a bell for anyone? Unabomber. Uh, The Unabomber. American academic, mathematician, and serial murderer. Right on. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. And now the whole list of deaths... I could only, there were only three names I actually recognized. So, like, seriously, yeah. May 22nd, lift your fucking game. Um, in 337 AD, Constantine the Great, he died today. 1885, Victor Hugo. And 2013, Lee Rigby, the guy who got his head chopped off in London by the, right. oh, by the dude. Terrorists by that awesome by the yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're the they're the three names that looked out at me so <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's a real party isn't it going through it the desk maybe yeah. go through the desk first and then do the next time maybe I should we'll just do the deaths as a postscript yeah <laughs> oh, well I better see some better deaths next time next date we pick fellas a few notable events that happened on May the twenty second so. Uh, 1455 was the start of the War of the Roses. Um, at the first Battle of St. Albans, Richard, Duke of York, defeats and captures King Henry VI of England. Uh, mm. 1804, the Lewis and Clark expedition officially begins as the mm. course of the discovery departs from St. Charles, Missouri. Don't know why I made it a little French there. They're trying to find Superman. Sorry, mate. No, I don't know. All right. <laughs> 18... It doesn't bear repeating. The penal transportation of British convicts to the New South Wales colony is abolished. Right. 1906, Wright brothers patented their flying machine. And in 1939, World War II, the Germany and Italy signed the Pact of Steel with each other. Mussolini and Hitler joining forces there. Yeah. 
They'll be fine. They're not going to cause anything. No. They'll be right. They're all right. They'll be right. Packed up steel. We're just selling the steel. Yeah. Yeah, just kitchen knives. Set of steak knives. Yep. 1969, Apollo 10's lunar module flies within 8.4 nautical miles of the moon's surface. So Apollo 10 was the very last trial run before Apollo 11's landing mission. So they got, they did everything but touch down on the moon's surface pretty much. Mm. And um, how about this? According to the 2002 Guinness World Records, Apollo 10 set the record for the highest speed attained by a manned vehicle. Um, 39,897 kilometers per hour. Right. Fuck. Yes. During the return. And that's, that wasn't been, that had, that wasn't beaten. It no. hasn't been beaten. It's never been beaten. Any... No. Bloody well, hell. What, what, what? So was there, did they have any information as to why it was? Um, well, I guess it's just the, the just, uh, the orbit. Just their rate of ascent, like descent and then coming I back. I believe so. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, I like to check out what Saint Day it is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Fire up, everyone! I'm gonna. It's the Saint Day section. It's um, Saint Day. <laughs> today, amongst others, is the day for Saint Fulk, who was beatified for assisting plague victims during his journey through southern Italy in the 12th century. After which he probably died of the plague. So, <laughs> Saint Fool, thanks very much for all your efforts there. And um, okay. well done, Fool. And today, uh, shout out to uh, Davian Dent, our friend from England. Uh, today is World Goth Day, May twenty second. Right. So, yes, you can get excited, shout out, or not excited about that. Yeah, get not yes. excited for World Goth Day. <laughs> yeah. Heaps good. How does that, how does that pass? Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there a world emo day uh, where, that can, people can confuse for world goth day, I wonder? They weren't excited enough to actually name a yeah. day. So okay. they didn't want anyone else to know about it. Maybe that's world hipster day. Yeah, no one knows, yeah. Yeah. That was last year. So, but then everyone knows. Then all of a sudden, everyone knows. Yeah. Now, so, fellas, I would like to tell you about the only patent ever registered to a president of the United States. <gasps> Abraham Lincoln. Oh, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a story. Sorry, it's not a quiz. Thunder. Sorry. This, this isn't the quiz portion. So this is a story I'm calling a Lincoln's boaty floaty. So at the age of 21 years old, Abe was contracted to build a flat boat to take a few barrels of produce to New Orleans, for which he was going to receive $12 a month. Great. Employed life had begun for him, right? Right. Mm. So there's just one thing you need before you start a job like that. A decent pair of pants. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay, yeah. So imagine a time when you had to really work for your pants. Okay. <laughs> this was such a time. Abe struck a deal with a Mrs. Nancy Miller to split 400 rails of wood for every yard of fabric that would be needed to make him a fetching pair of brown jeans dyed with white walnut bark. So I looked up how many yards of fabric is needed to make pants. Mm. 
The average is three and a quarter. So we'll, let's round that up to three and a half because Abe well, was, Abe was a, little, a tall guy. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was tallish. So that's fourteen hundred rails he needed to split to get those pants. Jeez. And these days, you know, people chop rails in the hope it might make someone lose their pants. Hey, oh, nice Ah, uh, so yes, Lincoln had his brand spanking new Dax, and he was on his way. After proceeding as far as New Salem, the crude craft he was using got stuck on a mill dam, and for 24 hours it sat there, the bow was in the air and the stern in the water. Uh, of course, entertainment was scarce in those days, so all the residents of the town came out to the riverbank just to watch and, and shout advice at this guy who was stuck in the middle of the river. Pull your pants uh, higher. Yeah, nice pants. <laughs> nice pants, yeah. Wow. How many <laughs> good work with both. How many, how many rails did that cost you? That oh. fucking hat'll never catch on. Fourteen hundred. Oh, you <laughs> paid too much. <laughs> My brother could have got him for eleven. <laughs> so Lincoln had to unload all the cargo, all the boxes and barrels he had onto a neighboring boat, uh, and then tilt his craft back to horizontal. Then he had to bore a hole in the end of it. Um, that extended over the mill dam, so the water was all let out. And then Abe could finally reload his boat and keep going. So this experience stayed with him. And 20 years later, the final straw came when Abe was on a journey between Niagara Falls and his home of Springfield, Illinois. The boat he was on became stranded in shallow water and had to be prized loose, first with a large pole that was driven into the mud and then with a winch and rope attached uh, to uh, they got the steamer free. So as soon as Lincoln got home, he began to build a model representing an idea he had. He was whittling in his law office on his model and he kept talking oh, about man. it. That's, that's one thing I'd like to do yeah. of an evening is to let, sit there doing a bit uh, of whittling. whittling. Have a whittle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just whittle. Well, have a, have a law office for a start <laughs> well, and, yeah. and then whittle in it. Yeah. And so he's sitting there talking up the merits of his idea and the revolution it was going to work in river transportation to his partner. And it's noted that his partner did not think much of the idea and sought to discourage him. Yeah. <laughs> so what Should was the idea? Thought, you're, aren't you just shit at riding, driving a pilot in a boat? <laughs> <laughs> There's a common denominator here. In the shit. More wet, less dry. <laughs> Did he uh, run on that campaign? Was that his first campaign? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not stuck for 20 days. Um, <laughs> so what was his idea? Enormous bellows that were attached to the bottom of the boat just under the waterline. And if your craft gets stuck in the shallows or on a shoal, you pump the bellows, which fill with air, lifting the boat up off what it's stuck on and allowing it to drift over the hazard. So Lincoln... So it's like a little hovercraft. Yeah, it's it's hovercraft-esque. Yes, absolutely. So what was it What was it made out of? Like, what was the bellows? Well, it'd be fabric of some kind. Hopefully not... Yeah. He wouldn't have to split yeah, rails split to more get that. Just to get days. That's a lot of, yeah, lot of rails. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, maybe if he ever gets stuck, he'd have to decide between his pants and ever getting <laughs> off the river. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome if the bellows just inflated his yeah. pants. Correct? Yeah, oh, yeah he could just get off. Or attached to the front. Yeah. yeah, his boats, his boats. Well, this became like super pants. His boat's gone, but at least he can float off. <laughs> yeah. uh, <no. laughs> 
So, um, yeah, yeah, eventually Lincoln went to Washington and took his model with him. And he got enough encouragement from people there that, you know, he just kind of wander around with a boat under his arm and explain it to people who, <laughs> who are interested. Um, and he got enough encouragement. Stop in the buyer's page. <laughs> and he got enough encouragement to apply for a patent. So, yeah, that's, that's the story of uh, a president right. with a patent. Part of his patent application read, be it known that I, Abraham Lincoln of Springfield in the county of Sangamon in the state of Illinois, have invented a new and improved manner of combining adjustable buoyant air chambers with a steamboat or other vessel for the purpose of enabling their draft of water to be readily lessened to enable them to pass over bars or through shallow water without discharging their cargoes. And... Sadly, the new patent was never put into practice, presumably because presidential matters got in the way. But there you go. Is any chance? Uh, is any chance his first Emancipation Proclamation draft was all about freeing the boats? <laughs> <laughs> Just tying that in, so people go, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's right. We need something." And he's like, "How about this?" Well, the Civil War was basically fought because he wanted to put a whole bunch of bellows underneath uh, all the slaves. <laughs> <laughs> and the people in the south were like, nah, Everyone's no, everyone never run in. We never run. We never run aground. We're not stupid. I thought it was just because a southern gentleman dared to say it was going to be 800 rows a yard for his next pair of slacks. That's right. Oh, uh, not oh. <laughs> what would? How many rails would you split for some brown uh, jeans? Oh, yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Quite eight hundred cents <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brown. Excellent question. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So is there a scale? Is there a scale, Sensible Ben, of the brown and they are the more you're willing or the less you're willing? Uh, look, I, I think the the closer we get to, to <laughs> you know, to a really dark brown. Yeah. Uh, so closer to chestnut. The, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, definitely the, the more willing I would be to... Um, you know, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, like a tan, a tan fabric isn't worth as much as like a deep, oh, deep no, chocolate brown. If you've got a mahogany, then a mahogany pad. That's uh, mahogany pants. Yeah, oh, it's a dream of. Get to work on that. <laughs> get to work oh, on that scale. That's did right. I mention? Did I mention that today was the day that he registered his patent? I probably should have yeah. said that at the start. <laughs> yes, May 22 <laughs> yes. was the day he registered his patent. So, on this day, May 22nd, 1962, some very, very, very exciting news, which I'm sure that you guys probably were, were pretty keen to be to talk about this evening, but I managed to snavel it up yeah. first. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you realise this, but on that date, the Duke of Edinburgh headed a poll of popularity of UK youth. Right. What? And this was front page news of the Sydney Morning Herald. If anyone needs any kind of indication just how fucking boring the 22nd of May is, I think we've found our winner. <laughs> so give, give us that so, again. It was a poll of... So this is the headline. Duke heads popularity poll of UK youth. Okay. So basically what it is is that... Um, and this is, once again, for 1962. Right. And you got to... Every time you, just, you read anything here, you just kind of go back to the old-timey semi-English accents. Oh, of, yes. Um, London, May 22, 
Hundreds, literally hundreds of young people polled by a newspaper had voted the Duke of Edinburgh, the member of the royal family, they would most like to meet. Mm. So it's not even like kind of talking about him being the most popular person or anything like not that. Not even a, but the sexiest the most, man in Britain or anything like that. Just being the most popular member of the royal family, like the hundreds of youths that were polled decided that. Lined up outside, the, uh, outside Buckingham Palace. Yeah, and this this is as I say, this is headline. Like, sorry, not headline. It is front page news right. on the Sydney Morning Herald. So a very serious broadsheet over here in Australia yeah. for that date. So basically, um, it, it, that's the end of the story. But I thought this would be a really nice opportunity to have a look back and with the royal wedding and everything already happening, some of the most exciting um, fuck ups that Prince Philip has made oh, over his fantastic. Um, 94 years. Mm-hmm. And so basically this little game is pick your Duke. So it's going to be, it's all going to be Duke of Edinburgh, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the quote and I might do a quick straw poll of you guys. If you can give me a bit of an idea about who he might've said this quote to. So it might be a group. It might be an individual who or where they might be important. So have a thing. I'll give you just a couple of examples just to warm up and I'll tell you what it was. So if I gave you the quote ghastly, there's actually two answers for this one. Yeah. So it could have been Be- Prince Philip's opinion of Beijing during a tour in 1986. Right. Or it could have been Prince Philip's opinion of Stoke-on-Trent as given to the Labour MP for Stoke-on-Trent in 1997. So there we go. So if I said ghastly, you could say, oh, what he said about, um, you know, his visit to gossip or uh, what he said when he um, spelt uh, Princess Diana's car seat. So this is up to you what you want to do. So we've got... Um, so this is the first one. I think we're ready for the quote. Yes. All right. I'll see if I can do my Prince, my, my Duke of Edinburgh. What's it Deaf. If you're near there, no wonder you are deaf. So who did he say that to? Huh. Alan, near there. Uh, like a, maybe like a, a music group that was trying to put on a performance yeah. for him. That's pretty good. Um, oh, it was is it One Direction oh, based? No, no, bag, bagpipers. Bad. Bagpipers. Oh, he's, that's, I'll tell you what. Um, that's Military a, that's tattoo. Foreshadowing there, Buckland. Uh, that's not quite right this time. Think, oh. think about. Oh no! But think about. Think about. Is it like a hard of hearing, like a hearing impaired choir? Oh, we're getting very close. You're right on the right track. So we've got a deaf children, <laughs> and we've got a, a native deaf, instrument. A deaf. Bagpipes. <laughs> oh, not quite. I think, think, um, think colonies. And yeah, think, let's not um, forget his racism here, guys. I'm going to go well, with an drummers. African, a, a deaf African oh, drummer. We're on the money. Trims actually said to a group of deaf children standing near a caravan still drummed. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Year two thousand. Not that one. No. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a pretty, pretty well known quote. So you might actually get this one. If you stay here much longer, you will go home with slitty eyes. Yep. Oh my God. Was that said in Hong Kong? The opening of a Chinese restaurant in the main Ooh. street of London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not bad. Not quite. You're talking to like people, like people at an international school in I don't know Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yes, that's a good one. Pretty close. I'll, I'll give you that one. So there's another point to Maddie there. So to 21-year-old British student Simon Kirby during a visit to China in 1986. Oh, yeah. He's a good one. He's good. Oh, everyone was racist in 1986. 
Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, and the 2000s and the 90s. Yeah, and yeah, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's right. The next quote is, um, so you managed not to get eaten then? Oh, an adventurer's return from a third world country. Oh, with starvation as its, as its problem or <laughs> with like a famine? Give me the country. Oh, that would have been brilliant. It's not really <laughs> that. You're on the right track, though. Think uh, cannibals. Oh, cannibals. Oh, my God. Oh, Papua New Guinea. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Bang on there, Buckland. I'll give you the points for that one. Jeez, well, it was to a British student who had just returned from a trek through Papua New Guinea in <laughs> a, his official visit to the Buckingham Palace in 1998. Oh, around. Oh, right. Gracious. Now, he really has just been given the licence, hasn't he? He's just like, look, you are, you are good to go. <laughs> Have any of you guys watched The Crown? No. No, I haven't watched The Crown. No, not yet. It's really good. Like, honestly, and I'm not, it's really good to watch. But you get a lot more respect for this dude after watching it. Like, um, I just kind of thought he was a bit of a... Um, a bumbling old fool type thing. But, yeah, he's got a bit more substance to him than that. And he's, I think that a lot of what he says is he's intending to be funny. Right. Like he's doing it with a great deal of intent and almost satirical intent, I think, in a lot of cases. But maybe I'm giving him too much credit. It's very hard to get. <laughs> but, again, it's the same. It's the same thing. If someone followed any one of us around with a notepad recording everything we said to anyone else, we'd have a very extensive oh, list of inappropriate yeah. Comments that we've said that we were like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Just today. Just today, today. yeah. (laughs) To be fair, though, we would probably temper ourselves if we had the job of, or say, a monarchy, for example. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we'd probably control ourselves a little bit, couldn't we? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I'll tell you what, though, it'd be like Tourette's once those doors are closed. Oh, Maybe that's what's happened. Maybe he's had to keep a keep a storm for so long it kind of bursts out like Cartman. It becomes like I think so. Yeah. It just yeah. escapes. So Prince Philip visited my university, well, at, the, at around the time I was there, and like visited where they make uh, the cheese. It was a, like a, a, a part of the university where they made uh, quite uh, famous cheese, and they had to throw out a whole vat of cheese. Because he he refused to wear a hairnet while he was in there having a look at it. That's right. Yeah, he wouldn't wear a hairnet and they had to yeah. get it all out of there. Yeah, yeah the entire, yeah. Yeah, so to throw the whole lot out. And no one. Yeah, he's a fuckwit. <laughs> you were giving him way too much credit. Too much credit. Way too much credit. Crimes against cheese. <laughs> Crimes against cheese. Crimes against That's cheese. it. <laughs> Horrific. Forget May about 22nd, anything else. 2018. <laughs> you can be as racist and misogynistic as you want, but don't play yeah. crimes against cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fuck with cheese. <laughs> All right. That's next coming quote. out on uh, PlayStation next week. <laughs> All right. Next quote. How do you keep the natives off the booms long enough to pass the test? Pass the test. All right. Is that so? Okay. So this was during a visit to Australia in the late 80s. Uh, hang on. When did we? When when were we floating to uh, have a test to become an Australian citizen? I don't yeah, think. You've got it, I don't think three there. We can. I don't, yeah, fair enough. Move on. <laughs> I don't think natives have to pass the test to become a citizen, do they? Well, I don't think they do either. But Prince Philip to be Yeah, that's that's fair enough. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go back the to sensible bed. I'm going to back to my Scottish theme. Oh, very well done. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. 
And what kind of test do you think it might have been? Oh, well, just uh, like a test for like military service. No. Mm, I quite think simple, I think. Like a driving test? Oh, driving right. test. There we go. Oh, oh, wow. Driving test. So. Um, asked of a Scottish driving instructor in 1995. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a very sensitive quote from him. Um, people usually say that after a fire, it is the water damage that is the worst. We're still drying out Windsor Castle. No, please. <laughs> so who did he say that to? Yeah, uh, Was it like after Hurricane Katrina or something? Cool. You're on the right track. So it's a pretty big disaster. It was a UK disaster. Oh, yeah. And once again, it was Scottish, actually. Well, it wasn't a natural disaster, though. Oh, not a natural disaster. Oh. Which which castle? Was it a bombing? It was. Yeah. Bombing. So it was actually oh. the... I'll give you that one, Ben. So the survivors of the Lockerbie bombing. I was going to say, oh, not the Lockerbie bombing, even that. Oh, my God, Really? Yeah, so that's what he said to the survivors of the Lockerbie bombing. How horrible it is that they're still drying out Windsor Castle after the damage that they Because they're on fire. Because the kitchen caught on fire or whatever. Wow, you should sense it yourself. Well, luckily they were drying out the Queen Mother at the same time just to get her off the cheese for Wow, this is a good one. So, do you still throw spears at each other? Oh, that's Aboriginals. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to have a guess of the year? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2005. Yeah, go 2000s. Very close. It is 2000s. It's 2002. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I like how it's automatically price of right. Price is right. <laughs> yeah, whoever's always. Whatever that's the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go 1 AD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not claiming, I'm not yaying because, you know, I was, I thought I got the answer right. I was yaying just because how great is, uh, is that really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, if you like that one, you can like this one. Oh. So, who's on drugs here? He looks as if he's on drugs. <laughs> uh, would that be visiting some sort of... Oh, no. Like dis- dis- hospice clinic or yes. something? <laughs> Ooh, close. Is it like rehab or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Like rehab. No, gorge. Very close. It was actually to a fourteen-year-old member of the Bangladeshi Youth Club in two thousand and two. I reckon. I reckon he must have. I reckon he must have given decided just to not give a fuck in two thousand two. There's a point. There's, there's, some, there's a couple loaded of up. Well, to be fair, there's four in a row here. That's round of. Which are absolute killers. 2000s yeah. around about when he turned 80. So that's yeah. probably the yardstick he was aiming for. If, yeah. he's, if I get to 80, that's it. Off the leash. Let, let off loose. The yeah. Off the leash. Open the sluices. <laughs> Maybe he smelled it. Maybe he could smell it. And he was like, yes. Who's holding? Someone's carrying. Are you carrying? That's really what he meant. <laughs> he's definitely. Yeah, yeah, that, that kid, I can smell his drugs. Him. I don't know which drugs they are, but <laughs> some good drugs. Uh, another 2002. You could do with losing a little bit of weight. Right. Uh, uh, did he meet Roseanne? <laughs> I mean, okay, you're all right. Uh, yep. Out of left field a little. That's okay. Um, uh, let's just say at a beauty pageant. 
we're close. Very, very close, actually. Um, we're, we'll, we'll stick with the youth theme. It was to our hopeful 13-year-old astronaut. Oh, right. Okay. Andrew Adams. That's <laughs> just what you want to hear when you're a 13-year-old. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for being nice and saying that was close, too, by the way. It really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it was, it was a long... I, I was... Yeah. If we're, if we're talking about Prince I'd Audrey. set the yardstick. Anything okay. other than what I'd said was close. <laughs> Well, like Roseanne is um, me a bad thing. Closer than Roseanne is. It's <laughs> a, a, a great way to measure how right quiz questions are. <laughs> Unless the answer is Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll finish up with um, this is this is showing you sensitive side. Yeah, that's a nice tie. Do you have any knickers in that material? Oh, okay, oh, getting a bit sexy. <laughs> Did you the Prime Minister? Oh, well, very close. Not quite. Uh, is it another? It is a member of Parliament. Thatcher? Okay. No, it was actually. I don't think. I think that's about as close as we're going to get. But I was talking about the tartan design for the papal visit oh. with the Scottish Tory leader, <laughs> Annabel Goldie. Thing <laughs> right. Of a papal visit. So, how, how's how's no one with a popped him in his enormous nose? I'm sure well, they probably have. have. I, mean, I reckon the Queen. That's why the Queen just smacks him around behind closed doors. Wails on him. Right. Gives him cauliflower ears and shit. <laughs> Big chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favourite ones though is if it doesn't fart or eat hay, she isn't interested. And that's him talking about his own daughter, Princess Anne. Oh, right. So let's go to roll off our, our little, the most tenuous link for the 22nd of May. <laughs> Duke of Edinburgh, head popularity poll of UK. Nice, Charles. That was a starting point. And um, sensational. It's tough work. Sweet. <laughs> All right, I've got a couple of things. I've got a couple of little sort of some some factoids, uh, if I can throw them at you. I know we're probably heavily factoided this evening, but uh, um, in 2015, Ireland became the first country in the world to legalise same-sex yeah, marriage it did. on the 22nd of May. Uh, well, one that tickled my fancy was a sure called David Letterman an asshole on late <laughs> TV uh, on, in 1986 on the 22nd of May. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was that in an what? An encyclopedia, or what? Where'd you get that? <laughs> that was uh, just under one of the highlighted pieces of paper that I uh, had. I just highlighted somewhere, and it just uh, it just showed up. Oh, okay. Do you have an assistant? Do you, do you have an assistant that just brings you like this information? <laughs> he just says yes. he just rips on random <laughs> words. He just went sure. I've been reading a book on sure. And that if, if you don't, we go. We we can hire one. We can hire an assistant for yeah, you. Yeah, send your resumes in. Yeah, why not? Now, he's going to apply to be his own assistant. <laughs> now, there was a dude named Hugh Daly right. who was a pitcher uh, in the um, uh, in the Major League Baseball in the, in the late, sorry, the yeah, in the eighteen eighties. Now, the strange thing about him was he threw thirteen strikeouts in one game, but the strange oh, and that was on May twenty second uh, in eighteen eighty five. Good. Mm-hmm. He had one arm. Hey. Right. Was it his pitching arm? He did. Oh, damn it. You got it. <laughs> I, I knew. I could tell. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he then went on to drum for death. Yeah. 
Oh, dear. Right. Um, but I I found a little bit out about this guy. And this, uh, obviously, guess what he's, does anyone want to guess what his nickname was? Letty. One arm daily. Wow. Fucking hell. So um, he lost his left hand to a gun accident earlier in his life. Uh, and to compensate for this injury, he fixed a special pad over the affected area and caught the baseball by trapping it in between. Oh, I thought you were going to say he and... stuck a mitt on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like he's he's sort of lost a portion of his arm. Not, not the entire, entire arm, arm, right. Oh, okay. I mean, he just fixed something that um, makes the mitt go on. I mean, he's just, he's yeah. an early Oscar Pistorius, isn't he? No. That's right, he is. Um <laughs> So you're going to get a mention every app. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, at least it has context. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, this isn't someone calling up a bridge. I wonder what Oscar um, Pistorius would sound like doing that. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Um, now, just to just to give you a little bit of an idea about this guy's uh, disposition, because this was a big part of of what they wanted to talk about was sometimes after long games of having to catch baseballs this mm. way, so obviously in between, his stump would become sensitive. Yeah. So sensitive, in fact, that he once punched his catcher for not heeding his warning to throw the balls back to himself. Oh, right. Ooh. Which arm did he punch him so, with? Oh, <laughs> Old sensey stump. Sensey stump. Right. Oh dear. So anyway, that that was a little bit about um about Hugh Daly. Right. Definitely um, not one half. So here's a, here's another little quick thing that I uh, that grabbed me. Just again, a little bit of clickbait. In uh, fire. Where's my date? Where's my date? I didn't pick my date. 2013 on May 22nd, 2013, the Venezuelan National Assembly backed plans to import 39 million rolls of toilet paper. In an effort to relieve a chronic shortage. Oh right! Oh, yes, they were throwing poop at the uh, at the president. Yeah. Correct. That's exactly right. Now, basically, well, in protest of yeah. no toilet paper. That's right. Yeah, they were actually wow. doing protest. All right. Correct. So they their their supplies are running so low now. I'd I'd like to if at some stage we can do something. I didn't didn't check what date Hugo Chavez's birthday or death date was. <laughs> okay. But if we can do a podcast on one of those days, I'd like to learn a little bit more about him. Oh, he seems like a great I guy. I would have been happy for it to be today. Uh, as fuck all up the time. <laughs> true. You know, you could have do that any time, you know, Sensible Ben. <laughs> well, that's right. I could. I could just look it up. I learned that. Reason, but uh, it would help to uh, actually have a reason. Yeah, basically, the issue was that they, uh, that the government had uh, put currency controls into place. Well, shivers, sorry. Uh, to prevent money from fleeing the country. Uh, and those rules made it harder uh, to buy imports. And meanwhile, there were caps put on making stuff within Venezuela, which made, like, just staples, actually making staples, like toilet paper, uh, toothpaste, soap. No one actually wanted to make them because they would lose money mm. by making mm. them. The cost of production was actually... Uh, more than what they were able, what they were allowed to sell it for, so inflation went to crazy levels as well. So, yeah, and so at that stage, the Venezuelan government a week later went and bought a toilet roll factory. Watch. So they actually went, and so that they could. So here, this the story is here. We've Nas- <laughs> nationalized toilet paper. That's all. Yeah. yeah. 
If you're the Venezuelan government and you're running low on toilet paper, you take over a toilet paper factory. Mm. Uh, so in Australia, it'd be like nationalise the nationalise Telstra, nationalise NBN, yeah. nationalise electricity. They're like, no, <laughs> nationalise Solvent. That's what we were. Right. That's the first right. thing. First piece. Exactly. Get that dog into government, I reckon. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but that that caught my eye. So, the, so the one do you thing, reckon at the time, because obviously there was yep. a shortage, people getting stressed, do you reckon they might have had some um, TP inspectors going along, seeing how much people were using at any yes. given time? Right, right. Well, oh. they they actually, so basically what would happen was that someone would get it, like a shop would get a delivery of toilet paper. Yeah. Right. There'd be a run on. And there would be a massive run on toilet paper. So they actually no, had to no have pun intended. There. That's right. right. Yeah. All the puns intended. <laughs> but, um, I was actually really disappointed with the lack of puns that <laughs> the were story. in all the stories that I looked right. at. No, the inspectors the, um, had come around and they go, right, you're scrunching. Yeah. You could you could get at least four extra pieces out of the whole job here if you were to yeah. fold thrice. Yeah, be like national lines, like ads on TV about how to fold a toilet paper. Yeah, that's to right. Make it last longer. Oh, who's who's folding? You've yeah. just got to uh, just tear it up into you know finger sizes. <laughs> and uh, scrunching is wasting. You know, it was this. It was the sequel to Pele's impotence. <laughs> yeah, right. That came out with yeah. the hey. Why are, you, why are you scrunching when you should be folding? We could all save it. There'll be plenty of toilet paper for yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, finger like strips are the way to go. Safrini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got one more thing for the 22nd of May, mm-hmm. and but I just wanted to just bring it back a little bit, and I want to talk to you guys about a TV series that we all know yep. and love. And uh, the name of that TV series is Blossom. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. For those you speaking, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. No, all right. Okay. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I sorry, I misrepresented a TV series that we all know. Yeah, and you love. Uh, all of us. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, for those that don't know, Blossom is a, an American sitcom uh, <laughs> that was broadcast for five seasons. Series focused on the life of Blossom. Uh, who was a young teenage girl. And uh, Why are we telling people about Blossom? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, look, look, but, hey, I told you there was a tenuous <laughs> right. Very so She went to Venezuela so in you can, an episode? <laughs> if, you can, if you can bear with she me. She ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> if you, if yeah, you can bear with me. She got marched, marched away to prison. <laughs> there, are some, <laughs> there are some high highs and some low lows. Uh, now, basically, the reason that I wanted to talk about Blossom was, a whole, was, was thrice fold. <laughs> You should thrice fold. You won't get much. Yeah, exactly right. Thrice fold, where is that? But do you have to use extra ply? <laughs> Thank you. No, no, no. That's why you thrice fold. You can use a single. Get yeah, to the point of Blossom. Yeah. Blossom. All right. All right. So the point of Blossom. And you. Look. <laughs> Did you did you guys know that Alf was on Blossom? <laughs> yeah, of course. And Will Smith. That's yeah. right. I'm, I'm but glad Sensible Band Blossom, only lasted one episode. Blossom aired for the last time on May the 22nd, oh. 1995. The end of okay. Blossom. Awesome. The end of Blossom. And that is literally the end of Blossom. 
Well, why wasn't that on the deaths noticing? That's way yeah. more interesting than the other people. <laughs> the blossom lives on in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Oh. All right. And on the Big Bang Theory. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Sensible Ben. Mm. Um, yeah, I need uh, grab a drink of water quickly. Uh, <laughs> just before I do. Well, we could have done that while uh, I was talking about blossom. <laughs> I needed to know the point. I didn't want to miss it. Um, <laughs> A22. Nice one. All right. A22. What an exciting day. Oh, I'm going to bring it into the, into the, into the now, yeah. so to speak. Uh, I, I have a headline from today's newspaper. Uh, which reads, another human foot, this one in a hiking boot, washes ashore in Canada. Wow. Making it the 14th human foot to have washed ashore in Canada in the same area, in the same area of British Columbia, in the past 11 years. Right. Each foot contained in a shoe mm-hmm. um, at the ankle. Removed at the ankle. Okay. So do we have any information around the tight? Like, has it been? Well, so what I think think we could do is, I I was so interested, I read a lot on this. So ask, if you've got questions, ask them now and I'll try and answer them as best I can. All right. Well, what do we think's going on? And and maybe we'll get to the point. Okay. Does it look like some kind of surgical removal? Yes, thank you. Yeah, good question. It is not... A surgical removal. Okay. Is there, sorry, is there a list of, so of the 11, is that correct? Sorry, that's the amount of years. Is it, uh, how many feet? 14. 14 14. feet. Have the feet all had some type of footwear on them? Yes. Every single one of them. Has had a hiking boot on? uh, Was either, uh, this might be the only one that was in a hiking boot. Most of them are in some kind of sneaker. Are they all? The same side foot. Oh, good question. No, and in some cases we have had some matching shoes appear. Oh, okay. have there been pairs of feet though? That, yes. So, sorry, what do you mean? So there have been matching shoes. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're the same yes. person's yes. feet. Yeah, same person. Okay. So okay, well, there so might have been my... a sale on Adidas one day or something. Yeah, it? no, that's true. I'm I'm thinking it might be yeah. um, two different people's feet. So I'm trying I'm trying so to work it out. I'll, I'll try and do it quickly. So there are fourteen feet um, belonging to eleven people. Okay. okay, maybe maybe it's ten. Do we have any idea whether they were uh, removed post mortem? Um, certainly, certainly, most likely removed post after death. Yes. Oh, okay. So have they? Can I have a stab here? Um, oh, we go, it's you. Oh, well, <laughs> You've been stabbing people's yeah, feet. That's right. Uh, I'm anti-feet. Um, uh, okay, so I don't know. Is it, a, is it some type of mountain animal uh, that has basically attacked people and really doesn't understand how to take shoes off and so therefore <laughs> has eaten the people down to right. their feet? And then go, yeah. oh, you know what? Don't need this. It's like the prawn shell. And they've just sort of chucked them off. And that particular animal lives near a river 
that then flows into this particular uh, portion of water. Hmm. Uh, no, no, not, not quite. No. Is this place anywhere near Niagara Falls? Uh, no, I believe it's in the west of so right. British Columbia, it's the west yeah. coast of Canada. So, all right. Um, is there, I like the fact no one's interested in where I was going with that, but anyway. So, do you, what, do you think people have, like, what do you mean, like, lost their foot in a fall? Well, com- committed suicide and, like, you right. know, in, the, in somewhere on the fall, their, their body's kind of been smashed in pieces. Right. Oh, I know, that, yes. I know, I know it's unlikely, but. Yeah. Well, the whole that's story of 14 feet from it being feet. found is pretty unlikely. But it's, yeah. but it's specifically feet. That's the thing, you know, like, it's. Yes. It's, they are the. Are they gender specific feet? That's a good question. I believe, uh, well, the, uh, uh, quite a few of the the feet are unidentified, but the majority of the feet are male. Okay. But there are still that are unidentified. Would would there be potentially some sort of gang operation going on? I know I don't know if Canada's being on gangs. But, you know, oh, like, like some organized crime stuff. Yeah, yeah. Their signature or move for anyone who gets on their wrong side is to take their seats. Yeah, see, that was suggested because, again, when it's when they found the first foot in 2007, Sweet. it was quite weird. And then another one pretty soon after they found, and then four more in the next like two years. And people were like, that maybe this is a drug cartel at work. But no, no, not a drug, not not any organised crime. All right, so this is How a bit out know? there. So is it is it medical waste of some description? Medical waste, interesting. No, no, no oh, not, so not even this, medical look, waste. This is a little bit out there. Is there a some sort of madman uh, living <laughs> in the Canadian mountains that is is a Wolverine uh, attacking uh, unknowing uh, hikers? And attaching them all together, human centipede style, by their feet <laughs> or by their stumps, so that they are actually in an enormous, uh, well, what would be a star now, I suppose, and keeping them all alive. <laughs> Is it a whole heap of people who are playing the hokey pokey and played a little bit too literally, and all put their left foot in? They put the left foot out and it went in the water. They're like, oh, no, they're on a yeah. they're on a holiday cruise ship, having fun. Here we go. Yeah. A bunch of lepers playing hokey oh, pokey. Right. Yeah, leprosy. We haven't, we haven't sort of investigated leprosy. that. Leprosy. All right. All right. I, I have to know now. Like this is really, um, yeah. I'm interested to uh, to find out the uh, the answer to this story. So I'm gonna. I'll read you a couple of the phrases because there's some things in here. You know, when you read stories like that, people who are, are explaining what's happening use like uh, technical language. So there's things here that you would never have. So the law enforcement agency described the foot as disarticulated, that is, disconnected from the human body to which it had belonged. Right. Okay. Thanks for that. So cut them. Not, not, not specifically left or right feet. Curiously, foot number 14 was clad in a hiking boot. All the others have been in sneakers. Is it a uh, sign this, this is my favourite. This, <laughs> this is my favourite quote. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Uh, two being found in such a short period of time is quite suspicious. Finding one foot is like a million to one odds, but finding two is just crazy. Mm. That's that's uh, 
technical language. But here we have none of the human remains have si- had shown signs of trauma. Seinfeld's given them- trauma. Oh, jeez. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I'm happy to pass that. But given the macabre nature of the finding, speculation did run rampant, whether it was a serial killer and all that. However, the answer is, I'm trying to find the exact, autopsies indicated the feet had not been mechanically removed, but rather separated through the natural processes that occur in, in a marine environment. So rotted off. So what they have worked out is the shoes or the feet that have found have been found are more than likely from people who have suffered from a misadventure, fallen off a boat yep. uh, in a storm or drowning or mainly falling off a boat or committing suicide. However, they believe that since the 1980s, sh- Sneakers have been made from a different material that allows them to be buoyant. Right. So what they believed happened was in the past, if you fell off a boat, you would sink to the very bottom. But what happens is they're floating downwards. There's feet, yeah, floating on the surface. So if you were to look from above, it would just be the soles of shoes floating upwards and the body is weighed them down and then rotting and fishy fish come and just nibble away slowly, picking bits off until the foot is removed, rots away, all the cartilage is gone until it's uh, just the foot floating around. But when... And is everyone happy with this explanation? It's... I'm... No, I like <laughs> my uh, mad scientist in the bush. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the yeah. mad scientist in the bush doing that leprosy hokey pokey yeah that's right yes doesn't this wow. doesn't why, this kind of why is it rely on the currents being completely consistent all the time just to funnel any any overboard people or suiciders or whatever into the very specific one place all the time but isn't that how currents work but it seems like Okay, but, but why is it why this one particular it's, area? Yeah. It's not. I think the area is quite wide. Oh, like I don't yeah, think so. It's not like it's all just one beach. It's yeah. not all turning. But why up. not everywhere then? Like I mean, like literally everywhere in the world. If this is the case, why is it being so local? And I'm saying localized on a global scale. I think you know, maybe not... it maybe it is happening. It's just this news story. Like, I think because four feet were found in the space of a few months. Yeah. And so now that people are just aware of it. Everyone's looking so at feet. another foot's found. Because really it's 14 feet over the space of 11 years. Okay. Okay, that's quite, that's quite a lot of spacing. One of those feet they found was from 1985, from a missing person from 1985. Okay. So that's just been bobbing around for 25, 30 years. But the sneakers remain fairly intact. With the with a foot in it, that is Not a all. great advertisement for yeah. those particular for, sneakers. Were they LA yeah. gears, Air Jordans? The... I think there's quite a few Asics. <laughs> anyway, see if we can get sponsored by Asics. Quite hey, here in Asics, if you lose your, if you fall overboard, we're in ours. There's actually quite a few New Balances. I, uh, one of the pair were a pair of uh, New Balances. No Dunlop volleys. No, um, <laughs> sadly, no Dunlop volleys. All right. So, so why is this happening everywhere? Then? But yeah. I think it might be. It's just that this just generated story. So it might 
like shoot, feet might be turning up, say, you know, on the central coast of New South Wales, but no one's saying, hey, has anyone found a foot? Anyone? Well, we're and just then sweeping it, it under the up. carpet. People are just like, we're going to foot, what are we doing that? I don't know. And also, how Sorry, are we, are we saying that seen... people in New South Wales who find a foot on the beach just pretend, like, bury it and don't mention it? I'm, you know what? I'm just part of the call. I'm going to. Fucking backpack. I'm going to put this to you. How many times have you seen a single shoe on the beach and not bothered to see if there was a foot in it? Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. Because that's where people will leave their wallets. That's so if there's right. a shoe on the beach, that's, that's right. where I'm going. Walking that's why on the beach, I don't you go see one shoe. Or nappies, you know? Yeah, <laughs> fucking don't go up to nappies and bloody push it in there, bloody see if someone's wallet's in there. No, yeah. probably have a shit in it. <laughs> but anyway. So if you were a, if you were a murderer, Wiggins, you'd be cutting on people's feet and putting them in nappies? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yep, and then putting them back in shoes. <laughs> Right. We've got your modus operandi down. <laughs> um, the foot, the foot nappy shoe killer. The foot nappy shit guy. Shit um, shoe killer. Yeah. So following this logic, should we then yeah. assume that nobody on Malaysian Airlines 370 was wearing sneakers? Right. That's a very good question. Yeah. Well, no, no. Like, well, it'll, I think, it'll take I a think, while. But yeah, I think what they what they found is that it's, it's it is down to currents and it is random. Like, that's the thing. One of them was found in 2011, was found to be a missing person from 1985. Right. 1985. Um, but, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> we might find them washed up on, like, the west coast of Africa, like, in 25 years. Okay. All right. So I'm still, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I just think that the it seems very convenient. And like you know, I think that not I'd for be, the people who are dead. Well, I'd be more convinced if, say, there was a plane crash, even like you know, off the coast of San Diego or something like that. Right. Yeah. And eventually, the the remains of these people ended up floating up to Canada. That would like if you had a specific event or something like that, it would seem to make more sense to me than having like you know, as I say, this relatively localized yeah happening. Like, you know, and without kind of, and I'm sure that if it was happening around the world, there would be, and maybe, as you say, maybe not necessarily in Africa and, and places that um, don't quite have the same media coverage and things like that. But um, definitely Australia, think about the coastlines of Australia. Surely if there was lots of feet being washed up. I think I think like, this is all happening in like, uh, it's looking at, it, it's, it seems more concentrated than an actually. Kitchen, but it's all in a cove as well. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not like on a coast. It's not on like a big coastline. It's almost in like like the flow is coming into an inlet, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Like it's a big, a huge area, but it's not like oh, yeah. it's not it's just, just appearing on like the the coast absolutely. of of Canon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is odd that it's localized. Oh, I had to say, I'm just having a look at a map of where they actually come in, and it's actually kind of behind Vancouver Island. It's not even on like you have to, as you say, like you know the currents would have to, and half some of them are actually running down a river. Right. So it just seems to me like that's that's a long way for for things to be getting. My mad scientist theory is really like gaining if traction. If, there was, if we're talking about people drowning, I'm, I think I'm what you need to look if up. About, if you, I think, as I say, if there was, if it was a, if it was a well-known suicide area or something around there, like I suppose at like the mouth of that tributary that you got going on there, then yep, fair enough. Uh, you know what it sounds like to me. This excuse sounds to me like the sort of excuse 
that some scientists might come up with if an organized crime gang had forced them into coming up with a believable excuse that wasn't <laughs> them cutting, cutting people's, people's feet, feet off. off. Yeah. This is the start Over of the movie. I think that, I, look, I, I, I don't doubt that most of the science is solid and good, but it just seems to be that there's the hypothesis about where it's coming from. I, I just would like to see something a bit more, I suppose, substantial around, like, just, oh, it could be from just people who've done this and that and the other. Like, you know, I suppose I suppose there's going to be a lot of water traffic and stuff out there, but stuff, by the way. You know what I wonder? What what it would sound like for Jerry Seinfeld to come home and find his whole family has had their feet taken off by an organized crime gang. Anyone have any idea what that would sound like? Sen <clears throat> Sensible Ben? No. Sensible Ben? <laughs> what is this? My family! My whole family! They've got no feet! <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I brought that up. What is the deal with people stealing people's sneakers? <laughs> I mean, these were my good sneakers. No. Jerry's sneakers would definitely float. <laughs> All right. Then on that, on, that, uh, leave it there. on that point, <laughs> no, we might leave it there for this evening. Thank you very much, fellas. That was May the 22nd. Through time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. So keep look up look up more feet stuff. Look up look up how many how many feet and shoes wash up on the shore in Australia every year. I see if, if, yeah. if I've tried the the snow on There's no staff. Oh, no one cares. No one cares for feet in Australia. Feet in shoes. Yeah. Well, everything on Google, of course, goes back to the Canada one. So. Right. Well, we need to tell Peter Dutton that refugees are hiding in shoes to get into the country, <laughs> and then we'll get accurate stats of. Say they're white feet. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty pissed. I had some more highlighted blossom facts, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, run through them. Oh, no, buckling back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Apologies there, fellas. I was, uh... That's all right. That's all right. Oh, you, you will be sorry when you find out what I actually had left in the bag. In the blossom bag. Yeah, it was, only, it was actually only one name, but anyway, Shit. it's fine. Yes. Uh, that may or may not have been a stealth Yeti. I, I, <laughs> well, now I know what was in the bag. I just okay. love how, how long it took you to say that Blossom ended on this day. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to read like two pages of shit just to get to that. I just, well, I want to. That's what you just leave with that. Gonna... That's all you bring. You just, shit's bring. I know. Of blossom time. I...